Hi, this is your host, Nisa Harris, and you are listening to Shomea Veona Tehillim and Other Hebrew Text Podcast, episode 161. The following is the recitation of Psalm 146, aka Perak or Mizmor Kuf Mem Vav. After the recitation, stay tuned to hear more about this Mizmor. Psalm 146 Hallelujah, Halleli, Nafshi, Et, Adonai, Ahalela, Adonai, Bechayai, Azamra, Lelohai, Beodi, Al Tivtehu, Vinidivim, Beven, Adam, She'ain lo teshua. Tetzei rucho yashuv le'ad mato vayom hahu avdu esh tonotav. Ashrei she'el Yaakov, Be'ezro, Sivro, Al, Adonai, Elohav. Ose, Shamayim, Va'aretz, Et, Hayam, Ve'et, Kol, Asher, Bam. Hashomer emet leolam. Ose mishpat la shukim. Noten lachem la re'evim. Adonai matir asurim. Adonai Hokeach Ivrim Adonai Zokef Kefufim Adonai Ohev Tzadikim Adonai Shomer Et Gerim Yatom Vealmana Yeoded Viderech Rishaim Ye Avet Yimloch Adonai Leolam Elohaich Sion Ledor Vador Hallelujah Psalm 146 until the end of the book, namely through and including Psalm 150, is part of a group of Mizmorim known to start and end with the word Hallelujah, aka Praise God. These are understood to be the everyday way in which we are able to praise Hashem. You can find these Psalms in the handheld article sitter immediately after Ashrei, starting on page 70. 
We mentioned that Hallel prayer is reserved for special occasions and not meant to be said every day. In contrast, Ashrei, a.k.a. the prayer that is made up most of, mostly of Psalm 145 that we just learned, together with these five psalms, help make up more of the Psuche de Zimra prayer that we recite every day as part of our morning services. Also worth noting that the last Pasuk here is part of the Kaddish that is said with a minion of 10 men, and that Pasuk 7 and 8 include phrases that are used in the morning blessings that I will aim to do a separate episode on Be'ezrat Hashem. This psalm could be referring to the nation of Israel in exile, according to Rashi and one other opinion that I'm linking on. As an isolated text, this is a beautiful description of the finitude of man as compared with the infinite nature of God. And it describes all the wonderful things Hashem does for us, like giving food to the hungry, making the blind see, freeing prisoners from prison, straightening those who are bent, which we saw similarly last psalm, caring for the convert, widow, and orphan, making the path unsuccessful for the wicked, loving the righteous, etc. All beautiful ideas. Until you are one of those people, and at present not being helped in such a way, Lo'aleinu, and not feeling the immediate love or desire to praise Hashem for any of those things. You could argue that the words aren't meant literally, and really there is room for metaphorical interpretation. For example, making someone who was blind to be able to see could mean that Hashem guides them in a way that where they have that they can get clarity in their situation, etc. Or that it doesn't only mean physical prisoner, but one who is imprisoned by their own mind can suddenly get the help they need. And we can go into more detail on that during the episode on those brachot. But still, those of us who don't have clarity or are still imprisoned in our own minds can take issue with this narrow understanding. But having learned through the whole safer until now, yay for those who are with me, we have a, such a fuller perspective and can't limit our understanding with just this isolated text. With Ashrei, a.k.a. Psalm 145, we came to understand that we are dealing with narrators that are what I like to call wounded warriors, to take a term from Rabbi Taub. Those who have seen the falls, the lows in their lives, but have also seen the successes and the rises and Hashem's hand in all of that. Rav Hirsch points out that Ashrei is dealing with Hashkacha Klalit, focused on how Hashem is involved on an everyday, general, nature-focused viewpoint. For example, all eyes are upon you and you give to every living creature. Whereas starting here, it's Hashkacha Pratit, focused on the care that Hashem has for every individual, the vulnerable or incarcerated, etc. And then it will talk about Israel in the next psalm. In any case, the narrator is taking us through how at every level, first general nature, then human, then Israel as a nation, there is active involvement of Hashem. Now, in terms of how this helps us look at the bigger scale, verse 3 indicates not to put our trust in human nobles, but rather like verse 5 says, hope and trust in God to be your help. Why? Because ultimately Hashem is working on a cosmic scale and those people are finite and do finite things and are basically gone tomorrow. So, okay, what exactly are we learning from this? Maybe like a story I heard that a guy put all his trust in a rich guy who said he would take care of him if he married his daughter and then died right after the wedding, leaving him with nothing. So maybe it's talking about that kind of don't trust in nobles to help you. 
or um, my husband uh, pointed out that this psalm is touching on the fact that Hashem is working on a cosmic scale. So while we may not feel that we are the people who have been taken out of prison or have all the food and the sustenance we need to get by, that on a human finite scale, we can't see all that is actually being taken care of. But at the same time, the justice to the bad people is being performed on a cosmic scale as well, even if we are unable to see it on a human scale. And that is the message that I think these wounded healers are trying to impart here, that, there it, that, that that is where their faith and therefore where our faith should reside. So even just to further this point, David mentions here about the convert, a topic which David is very sensitive about since his great-grandmother was Ruth, the Moabite, and he sees how Hashem took care of that lineage. So not only is it okay that we don't see today the outcomes that we wish, but that there is a larger picture that we are a part of. So this brings me to the next point that I think this Ms. Moore is highlighting in verse 2. It says, Ahalalah Hashem Bechayai, which can be interpreted, I will praise the Lord all my life or with my life or during my life. I've heard that this could mean I will live a life that the way I live my life itself praises Hashem and is led with that mindset. But I also learned that from uh, that Rabbi Nachman um, understands this phrase to mean that I will be in control of my life and not at the whim of other people's decisions or to do the list or to do lists, and I will aim to feel that the locus of control is within me, not outside me. I am living my own life. I was listening to Rabbi Taub, who takes this idea to another level. Bear with me as I paraphrase this longer but relevant to our Ms. Moore story he was telling a, to a group of cancer survivors about how Truffaut said that Albert Hitchcock was the best film author since there was nothing superfluous in his scenes. Rabbi Talb said he asked himself, can I say that my life is a story by Hashem without a superfluous shot as good as Hitchcock? That doesn't mean it's all agreeable, likable, but in narrative terms, a good story is not a story with all good moments. In fact, that's kind of considered a boring story and one with conflict resolution, etc., is considered a page turner and a compelling story. So it's possible there are moments in my life that are unpleasant and even horrific, but it's overall not a bad story. Hashem is not wasting my time and he knows what he's doing. We learn through experience. We don't wish a hard life on anyone, but if we look at the full story, we can better understand that on a whole, it's a good story. Then a loud, frail woman with cancer calls out and states that her friends think she is crazy because she tells them that she doesn't wish that she that her cancer didn't happen, and they think she is giving up because she feels, but she but she feels frustrated by their loop conversation, unable to explain what she meant until hearing this story that the rabbi just said. She said to the rabbi Taub, "I want to live, but don't wish I never had cancer because." I did. It is what happened. So to wish for something else would be to live another life. But I don't want to live some other life. 
I don't want to live some other story. I want to live my life and the story that Hashem is telling me. Rabbi Taub says, that is what faith is. That animals want to survive, but to want to live as a human means to want to live your life, not some alternate life or the life that you wish you could have, could have had, but to embrace the imperfect perfect, every, de- every detail of it. And everything you had until this point is exactly the story. And yeah, Hashem puts things on the screen, so to speak, that are terrifying, but it's perfect for me. I can't see how it's infinitely perfect, but if I can show up for it minute by minute by accepting that this is my life, then all I got to do is to keep showing up. There are easy moments to show up for that are nice and pleasant, but the moments that aren't, it's my life and I don't want to live a different one. I want to live in a world we trust that is perfect for me right now. So with this idea of ongoing existence of this world as the dynamic product of an infinite act of God, choosing meticulously every detail of reality, and only meditating is not enough. The Lubavitcher Rebbe said, we say lechayim, not to get drunk, but you need to connect it to a physical thing, sensorially. So you think of all these abstract concepts, but then it has to be somatic and bring it home. That's the end of the paraphrasing. Thanks for bearing with me. But in terms of that somatic connection, it's so underrated and not realized enough. And singing is also that somatic way of connecting and is what the narrator says he will do right after praising Hashem with his life in verse 2. As Amrala Lohaiba Odi, it's another way of grounding that intellectual in a way the body can process. Same thing with movement, anything creative or physically ritual, etc. FYI. So to tie it all together, our narrator is praising Hashem for the imperfect, perfect life that they have had with all the falls and trials and tribulations because at the end of the day, they were able to present in, to, to be Sorry, to be present in and appreciate the life that they had and the way that they now trust Hashem has a cosmic hand in the bigger picture way of all that occurs. May we be able to have the ability to show up and be present and be able to enjoy and or appreciate every aspect of the life we have been given. The learning and recitation for this week's episode is in the merit that those having a hard time feeling connected and present and enjoying the life they were given, may they have a refuah of mind, body, and soul. If there is an episode that you would like to sponsor, or if you have any questions, please email me at nursenisa one N-U-R-S-E-N-I-S-A, the number one, at gmail.com. Also, don't forget to join the Facebook group to be aware of upcoming episodes. Please subscribe and share. Thank you for joining.